0: When I was 25 and a half, I started a podcast, the goal to review some of the newest and latest movies, along with some other stuff. With the help of my guests, I was able to do this, but there were dark forces tampering with my podcast, and with me. They called it an improvised podcast for some reason. I eventually found help in the form of myself. Yes. The me from a universe where the movies I reviewed got delayed. Apparently, my podcast made it to his universe. I know now that it is my duty, for the good of that universe, nay, the multiverse, to keep recapping and reviewing these movies, to hold listeners over until they could eventually see the movies as they were made in their world. For some reason, they come out differently in my world, but it's kind of entertaining that way. My name is Steven Schindler, and this is Delayed Replay.
1: You guys still there?
2: Yeah. No. No.
1: Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay.
2: Are you guys ready? (laughs) I like the question, are you still there? Because any answer that's given answers the question in the affirmative. Even if you say, like, no, you have to have been there to hear the question.
3: Or it could be know, no, as in you should know this just based (laughs) on the fact that I'm saying this.
2: Great when you shorten a whole sentence to one word because that's never caused like (laughs) undue problems in interpretation in historical fact.
3: No, I think you're wrong, Dylan. I'm pretty sure it has. (laughs)
2: www.urbandictionary.com forward slash sarcasm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, That was good, I think.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm ready when you guys are.
3: Yeah, I'm just, like, trying to collect myself because I feel like if I tried talking, like, too soon, I'll just laugh. <laughs> All right, let me take a sip of water.
2: Why only a sip? Just knock back. The- <laughs> okay, I'm not helping. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs>
3: All right, I'll go ahead and bring us in. <laughs> okay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast that recaps and reviews movies that just came out in this universe but got delayed in that other universe. I'm your host, as always, Steven Schinder, and joining me again for yet another Keanu Reeves movie. You may have heard of them on the Mephortrix episode that came out before this one. It is Dylan and Keon from Decorative Vegetable.
2: We're back. Hello. <laughs> also, hello. <laughs> but mainly we're back.
3: Yes, back from the future. Great Scott.
2: It's your kids, Steven. Something has to be done about your kids.
3: <laughs> nice the <laughs> listeners are loving this
2: ah <laughs> uh, yes when the host speaks for the collective unit of the listeners
3: resistance <clears throat> is futile <laughs> no no um so yeah this time we we're talking about John Wick chapter 4 um so like what've been your guys experiences or lack thereof, I suppose, with
1: these movies before seeing the fourth one. Why don't you go first, Dylan, since you've
2: actually seen uh, all of the John Wick movies? Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen the first three twice. And the third one, actually, the first time I watched it was a pre-screening. You know, when, they, when you get invited to a pre-screening and they give you a survey and they're like, so what did you like? Did you like the acting? Did you like the story? Give us some specific scenes you liked. Give us some scenes you hated.
1: At gunpoint.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They locked us in the room. They were like, you cannot leave. Actually, I mean, it was like, there was some serious security. They were like, you cannot bring your phone in. They had like metal detectors set up. They were like, no. Um, But yeah, anyway, the the final version of John Wick 3 was like identical to the pre-screening I watched, which like cannot be said for all the pre-screenings I've seen. But anyway... Uh, Yeah, so I've seen them twice.
1: How do you even get invited to like a pre-screening? I know like some other people who also went to pre-screenings for John Wick too, actually. (laughs) Chapter 2 rather.
2: Uh, You kind of just like get on the mailing list, which my friend and I kind of got on the mailing list accidentally. We went to the movie theater to watch. I don't even remember what we were there to watch, but someone was standing outside handing out like a sheet of paper that was like, hey, sign up for like pre-screening mailing list. And we were like, all right, I, I, you know, this might be a scam, but, but it might not <laughs> yeah. be, I guess. <laughs> might be
1: putting my contact info <laughs> on the dark web, but it might not be.
2: <laughs> and uh, so we put our emails in and then we got called and they were like, hey, you want, and we went in and they were like, you're watching Passengers. And we were like, great. <laughs> I had no desire to see this movie to begin with, but I guess this is neat. Like all the CGI was unfinished, was kind of really funny. Actually, that movie sucked. Uh, <laughs> Um,
3: It should have passed on it.
2: Yeah, should have passed on it. But (laughs) Benno was on the mailing list. I've seen a couple pre-screenings. I saw Wonder Woman. I saw a pre-screening for Wonder Woman. I saw a pre-screening of Borat 2, actually, in quarantine on my home computer, which was kind (laughs) of (laughs) wild.
3: And the other
1: universe.
2: Um, Yeah, how do they stop people from just recording their screen and just leaking the movie? Uh, That one was really interesting because... So basically there was like, they gave us all a link to watch the movie and, and, uh, each person's link had, had a very subtle, unique identifying watermark in the corner. So they would know exactly who, <laughs> like if somebody recorded it, they would know exactly who you are and smack you with the full force of the law and the NDA you signed. <laughs>
1: yeah. just record it, but like crop the video <laughs> to not include the watermark.
3: <laughs> yeah the Dylan and the other universe watched that from home, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: it wasn't me, I swear yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that argument would uh I don't know how that argument would go down in court, like it wasn't me, it was the ultimate version of me in another timeline who I have constant contact with on a regular basis. <laughs> Yeah. So what would you think of the John Wick movies overall, Dylan? I really like them. I saw the first one without really no, – Actually, you know what? I saw the first one off the back of a review that I saw. It, we, we, we had a really cheap theater in our town that was like $5. It was a second-run theater. It was like $5 or less, like $3 on Tuesdays. And uh, the review was like <laughs> – Somebody killed uh, Keanu's dog and now everybody has to die. And I'm like, yeah, sounds like a fun time. And it was awesome. (laughs) So I really like the John Wick movies. Really like them.
1: So do I. You know, I watched a couple (laughs) recaps, so I feel that I have the entire story uh, down. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't watch any recaps. Right. Like you've only Mm -hmm. seen the fourth movie, right? (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't watched a... John Wick, John Wick Chapter 2, or John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the naming (laughs) scheme for these movies is kind of weird. And now we we have John Wick Chapter 4, Revelations.
2: Yeah, it was really weird that they decided to go for the uh, Matrix reference in the title there. Except not because I still <laughs> continue to get revelations and revolutions confused, and now with two Keanu franchises having one of each, just really driving home the confusion.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Check out the Maforthrix episode of Delayed Replay. It's it's like now the longest episode of this season, like even longer than the anniversary episode.
2: <laughs> Damn, maybe I'm the curse here. <laughs>
3: It it would have been longer if our in depth discussion of clock stoppers got recorded, but like we like froze time, so like it, it only caught like the end of the conversation. <laughs>
2: Great
1: clock stoppers.
3: <laughs> As for my experience with John Wick, so so my brother and I think his friends uh, introduced me to the franchise. I watched the first movie and I thought it was really amazing because, I mean, I love dogs. So like anyone who's cruel against dogs, it's like it was just such a satisfying thing to watch. Like John Wick just like getting revenge over like what happened with his dog. And like the first movie works as a standalone. And then the second one Tries to open up the world more, and so it's like a continuous story from there on. I guess as the world gets ever bigger. And I remember watching that one with my brother and our friends, and thinking that was good, but not as good as the first one. And then later, I watched the third one in the theater uh, with my brother and another friend, and I thought it was better than the second one. I like, I really really enjoyed it but still don't think it's as good as the first one
2: well that's because the first one is like pure uh revenge fantasy in a movie you know every time you watch a movie and you wanted uh someone to die because they killed a dog well just watch john wick
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean the first one really stands well on its own and then like the sequels like, they don't really stand on their own very well. It's They just, like, weave into one another. Like, the third one ended with a tease of, like, yeah, there's going to be a fourth one.
1: Like, it was, like, super obvious. Yeah, I felt that, too, watching the fourth one, that it was almost incomprehensible without having watched any of the other ones,
3: <laughs> to <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> yeah, like, there are so many references to, like... They, like, weirdly reference different fight sequences from the previous films they're like john wick keeps saying this is just like when i fought this person in the library and it's like unless you watched the third one you wouldn't know like what that's a reference to um yeah yeah i've also read um the first uh graphic novel like apparently dynamite entertainment has a john wick comic series and I, I've had Volume 1 on my Humble Bundle library for a little while, and I finally got around to reading it recently. And it it was fine. It's kind of an origin story, but doesn't really add much in a satisfying way. Like, the art was cool, but it's kind of just there, I guess.
2: I've never read that, so can't comment. Didn't watch a recap of that graphic novel, either. <laughs>
1: yeah but i mean i get that john wick did really i mean obviously i like i said before i hadn't watched any of the other ones but like i mean i remember hearing about them like it was kind of a big deal for a couple of years and, and still is definitely uh but there was like there was a couple of years there like 20 i guess 14 to 17 so like between when the first one came out and the second one that like this john the john wick you know franchise series was talked about a lot so i totally understand you know they want to monetize the hell out of it make comics make you know whatever else they made
3: yeah like my friend mr multiverse was saying um i've mentioned this before but was saying how like it's pretty much led to this little genre called that he refers to as wicks exploitation where like <laughs> action movies are like trying to cash in on like all that john wick action like type of story i guess hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's just Hollywood, though. Hollywood goes through cycles. I mean, when G- when uh, the Bourne Ultimatum came out, and then for the next 10 years, every action movie was shaky cam hell thanks to that. Oh, my gosh. You know? This is just the next iteration of that, is that every movie is now doing the super realistic action fight sequences of John Wick, and you know, then there'll be another cycle, which honestly, we're probably going to go back to shaky cam if I'm, I'm going to level with you, but you know, <laughs> my, so might as well enjoy this while it lasts is my uh, <laughs> argument.
3: Yeah, I'm watching the new show on Hulu, uh, Marvel's Modoc. It's basically like the creators of Robot Chicken made this adult comedy show centered around a marvel supervillain and it's like that same style like you know action figures like stop motion animation and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool but I- i'm slightly annoyed that like the camera shakes ever so slightly instead of just staying freaking still in that show
2: look shaky cam is the future
3: i but, don't want yeah. to live on this planet anymore <laughs>
1: thousands of years of technology. And human progress leading up to the ability to stabilize cameras, and <laughs> and this is the future.
2: <laughs> the inventor of Steadicam rolling around in their grave. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, it's ironic yeah. because even they can't stay still in their
1: grave. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the curse of shaky cam. <laughs> I read that you can make a Steadicam. I didn't read it. I actually almost did it, and then like the guy, I needed to make the videos i was making with just had a cam so we didn't use it but
2: like yeah you can make one really cheap
1: out I mean, of just like cardboard
2: yeah i mean if you want a slightly less janky one than that you can <laughs> yeah. use PPC pipe and like some weights
1: yeah 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 i mean it's pretty much what you need to use
2: yeah so use a chicken <laughs> if your camera's not too heavy <laughs> if your camera can fit on a chicken's head you can use a chicken Well, I mean, while we're on the
3: topic, like, what'd you guys think of the camera work in chapter four?
2: Well, I'm glad they didn't fall victim to shaky cam hell yet. (laughs) You can see them flirting with it in the, you know, the, the shot, reverse shot when people are talking and the camera's not steady, but at least for the action scenes, they knew what people were watching these movies for.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's funny that you bring up the, the shot reverse shot because the way this movie handles it is honestly grating and some of the <laughs> some of the most baffling cinematography I've ever witnessed in my life where, you know, it just swivels back and forth, no regard for the audience, no regard for uh, you know, people with who potentially get motion sickness, et cetera, where, you know, you're just whipping back and forth. It's not actually a cut, it's more of just a a continuous but but rapid shift.
2: It's like they watched that that scene in La La Land where they're flipping back and forth between uh, Ryan Gosling playing piano and Emma Stone dancing, just back and forth, swishing back and forth. And we're like, let's do that for the whole movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just people in the audience vomiting, (laughs) getting motion sickness while sitting perfectly still.
3: Yeah, I mean, I never got motion sickness while watching La La Land, but I do vaguely remember the camera work. I really enjoyed that movie. It was, like, surprisingly good,
1: in my opinion.
2: I really like La La Land. Well, I haven't I...
1: watched it. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, watch it if you paid me, since it's a musical, so... I think.
3: Oh, that's right, and you don't like vocal music in movies.
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all.
3: Rip. <laughs> I do like the color palette in these movies, though.
1: Like, Like, I guess
3: this isn't... Uh, As prevalent until like the second one, and I guess the third one, and now this one as well. But there's like a lot of like purple in certain places, and I I just love that for some reason. Like like you got like the city lights, and just like I think the lighting in like all these different scenes and the action sequences are pretty good.
1: Yeah, and I've I've always wondered that. You know, it's something that like since john wick was on my radar for you know many years i've always wondered like what's with the you know sort of vaporwave aesthetic there you know with the, the neon purples and the saturated blacks and
2: all of that bringing it back baby mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> cinematographer <laughs> bringing it back
3: <laughs> right so i mean obviously it has to continue from three so we have john wick and um Lawrence Fishburne's character the Bowery King like they decide that they are gonna like team up against the high table and I guess you also have the TikTok man which it's weird like he's played by Jason Manzoukas and usually in the shows that I see him in he plays a character that I really don't like and don't ever want to see again (laughs)
2: I'm not really familiar with a lot of his other work, uh, surprisingly, or maybe not. So <laughs> can't really comment.
3: Having Lawrence Fishburne in like the John Wick movies is pretty funny because because I mean, like the people making this movies have got to be aware of like that matrix, like overlap, right? Because it- it's like seeing Morpheus and Neo together again. Like they had to
2: know that. What if they just didn't? What if they what <laughs> I mean, okay, we know we know that they know because the directors of these movies, if you didn't know, were the stunt directors on the Matrix, so they obviously know. But imagine if they just didn't, and they were just like, what? <laughs> what's, what's the Matrix? <laughs>
1: like,
3: they just forgot that they were both in those movies and didn't recognize them when, like, casting.
2: They were like, man, the 90s were just a fever dream. I was just, like, smashed drunk for a decade. I don't remember anything of that period. And everyone's like, what?
1: They didn't even realize The Matrix was like a movie. They thought it was real. (laughs) (laughs) Directing stunts and you're like, but yeah, you think, yeah, I don't even know. Like, how would that even work? Like, if you're a stunt director on a movie yet you think it's like real life, like what would, what is your role? You know,
2: (laughs) can you imagine (laughs)
1: It's like watching Bolt,
3: that movie where the dog didn't realize he was in a movie and thought he was an actual superhero.
2: (laughs) That would be wild.
3: Also, I don't think I mentioned this before, but apparently... So on Wikipedia, for like Neo's article, one of the sentences on there is, Neo is considered to be a superhero.
2: I mean, I agree. You know what? I agree.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and I guess with John Wick... I kind of feel like he has like superhero qualities. Like to me, he feels kind of like a comic book character at this point because of how indestructible he seems in lots of the fight sequences. But it's also like you're you're like rooting for him, obviously. So like in those aspects, he does feel very superhero-y, I suppose.
2: I mean, he's basically indestructible. Although this movie did kind of feel like they're setting it up for him to die in the next one. So I don't know.
3: Yeah, like John Wick, Chapter 5, R.I.P. or something. I don't
1: know. <laughs> the or death chapter of f- John Wick. Yeah,
3: yeah the like death that. of John Wick. And then Chapter 6 is the return of John Wick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John, John Wick, Wick,
1: the rebirth. <laughs> yeah.
3: And unsurprisingly, there's also a John Wick wiki.
2: <laughs> i mean you mean a john wiki
3: yes <laughs> i mean specifically it's JohnWick.fandom.com, but yeah
2: i mean look they're never gonna be as good as the tardis.wiki.fandom.com <laughs> or whatever the hell the url is <laughs> TARDIS.FANDOM.com.
1: How do you not have this memorized?
2: Because the URL has changed since we started the podcast seven years ago, Keon. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I
1: wonder, like, that must have been a nightmare to, like, for, imagine all the people linking. Imagine all the episodes of Trust Your Doctor that we've had linking to the, to, the, to the Doctor Wiki, and that's across all the fandom wikis. Like, imagine the nightmare of broken links, but whatever.
2: We have a we have a broken link in a in some show notes I was referencing this week. So that's great.
1: Nice.
2: <laughs> From our original time lash episode. Just gonna throw that out there for people who wanna hunt for the busted link, I guess.
3: Nice. <laughs> so they decide that their next move, like, to go up against the high table, is to like like they figure out that like some of their, like so like some of the people from the high table are gonna be in Hawaii, so basically they're like they're like shifting settings like pretty quickly, going from the city to like more of the islandy part of Hawaii, and it's like it, it felt a little bit out of place to me, but I, I, I don't know, like what did you guys think of like this little change in scenery?
1: you know to me it didn't really matter i hadn't seen the other ones so i wasn't really like, <laughs> oh that's <expecting> right <laughs> anything uh, out of the setting so like i was just like sweet we're in hawaii now like why not
2: <laughs> look hawaii is a setting i've always wanted them i say always as if this is a 50 year old franchise i've always <laughs> wanted them to explore in john wick you know we've had some like semi exotic locations we had prague actually I mean that's basically it besides uh, <laughs> just the desert I guess yeah <laughs> and, and we John Wick 3 and the, <laughs> the third desert one. um so I really wanted them to actually go somewhere else I mean John Wick 2 in Prague kind of indicated that the Continental hotel was like an international kind of chain so it was nice for them to show up in Hawaii and just be like yeah we've got the Continental here we've got assassins in Hawaii you th- you thought we didn't have contract killers in Hawaii? Well, you were wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, like going into this, I was not expecting to see a surfboard action sequence because uh, I feel like that's not something that is done very often. And so in a way, it's like they're really trying to think outside the box and push the envelope with what
2: the movies can do. If Triple X taught us anything it's <laughs> that, you can absolutely have action sequences on the ocean.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've never seen the Triple X movies. I've only heard your guys' coverage okay. of them on Triple Lucky Play, you. a movie trilogy podcast. <laughs> Check that out.
2: State of the Union remains one of the most bafflingly confusing <laughs> movies I've ever watched.
1: <laughs> it's the only movie I've ever watched that, like, You're confused like 20 seconds in, and and you just stay that way the whole movie. Like, it doesn't take long for you to be like, what the hell is going on?
2: It's the only movie I've ever watched that actively seems like it's seeking to confuse its audience. (laughs) Check
3: out Inland Empire, the David Lynch movie.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm sure it won't be as... (laughs) as mind boggling as state of the union
2: i still love the plot point that a girl kills her own father to frame the main character and it's not <laughs> yeah. but i'm really glad that john wick took only the good aspects of triple x you know the things like weird action sequences on the ocean Also executed 10 times better than they ever were in Return of Xander Cage. And that
1: Vin Diesel cameo. I mean, who saw that coming, right? Yeah,
3: like like he was buried in the sand because as you do at beaches sometimes and then he just like rose from it and just started like shooting out in the water and it was like really unexpected.
2: Yeah, I mean, in that moment when when Keanu, you know, as John Wick acknowledges him with a mutual nod of respect as if they're equal, as, equals in the assassination world. Kind of weird, but you know what? All right. I can dig it, I guess. <laughs> Vin yeah. Vin Diesel spin off when?
3: <laughs> John Wick, chapter seven, Vin Diesel rises. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll kill off, actually, they'll kill off Keanu in in chapter 5, and then just Vin Diesel will take over the franchise, like he did with Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Hot take. Pretty sure, like, Paul Walker's character, like, Paul Walker is the main character of the first movie, and then just, like, Vin Diesel took over the franchise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's both of them. It's it's both of them. In the first one, at least. He definitely is in the in the second one. Because Vin, Vin Diesel isn't even in the second yeah. one at all. Like, yeah, it's, I would say it's both of them in the first one.
2: Well... Still,
1: yeah, you're right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got him, <laughs> cunning argument <laughs> strategy,
3: <laughs> but yeah. So, sequences like this really make me wonder like how hard it is to film these because it really does feel like they're on the water, like, it doesn't look like green screen to me, and it's like you know. Bullets are flying everywhere. There's like blood going into the salt water, and you have like these really artsy shots from like underwater looking up to the surface that are done pretty well. A and... little note of
2: fact is that everyone in this movie who's not Keanu Reeves is actually getting shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were real AKs
1: they were using.
2: <laughs> yeah, surplus from the Russian army direct, so you know they're legit.
3: Yeah, Keanu Reeves was just on vacation in Hawaii, and the filming crew tracked him down, and he's trying to get away, and they started filming.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll have an interview come out that'll just be Keanu. You're not Keanu. Um, shoot, who directed the uh, this movie? Let me just bring up you, you old Google, uh, Chad's, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, so I won't, uh, you know, Chad will come out and be like, you know, we were just like, we were just scouting out Hawaii's location and like Keanu was just there surfing. So we just started rolling the cameras and he just started shooting people. We thought it was pretty cool. So we left it in the movie.
1: <laughs> it is actually really interesting though, that they, they do go to Hawaii because, um, doesn't Keanu, uh, have a bit of Hawaiian background?
2: I want to say yes. I think yes. he does. I, I he want does. to say yes. But, you I know, know, I guess we with, can just look up, look it up. <laughs> so with with the entire sum knowledge of the human race at our fingertips, we can just uh, we can just look it up.
1: Yes, yeah, so oh, his he... grandmother is Chinese yeah. Hawaiian, according to Wikipedia.
2: His father is also from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. In the previous sentence to the one you just read.
1: <laughs> yeah
3: yeah like i did the control f thing and i saw the grandma thing first because i read from left to right and it was like for this left even though it was like the sentence you
2: you don't read top to bottom smh (laughs) fake
3: reading fan i mean i i have this book where like the title like the title is a few words right but it also has like the subtitle but like the words in the subtitle are between each of the words in the main title. And you also have like the author name in between the words. And it's just so frustrating to look at.
2: Sometimes you just got to go with the flow is what I've decided right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. M-
3: much like how John Wick and the Bowery King have to go with the flow as all these events transpire in Hawaii. Cause you know, Hawaii is not always a good time. It's not always fun in games. No, you, you sometimes have people shooting at you. And if you're an assassin, you might shoot back to like, you know, that you know, it's just a cutthroat world.
2: Yeah, it's a dog eat dog world out there. And sometimes if you're the lowest on the totem pole, you just got to fight back. You you got to try and make it to the top. And that's a that's kind of the John Wick story, you know, oh, well, after ch- chapter three, really. Uh, Starting from chapter three, so he's starting fighting his way up basically from the bottom.
1: Yeah, real modern day rags to riches tale. Just, you know, something anyone can relate to, I guess. You know?
2: Yeah, but anyone can, can relate to the dog <laughs> being killed and then just becoming his, you know, an assassin so feared that people don't even want to say your name. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, speaking of dogs, uh, I forgot to mention that John Wick, uh, of course, drops his current dog off at this hotel that is like it's tailored toward dogs. And I was surprised that, like, the people in charge of the hotel were played by Emma Roberts and Jake T. Austin from the movie Hotel for Dogs.
2: <laughs> Look, it's these kind of in references that make movies worth watching. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the John Wick franchise I realize has a ton of these things. I mean, I was just looking up the list for the for for you know the rest of the movie. All these little tidbits of trivia and references that people are already putting online, and it's just massive. More than we can even like begin to reference here. But you know, if you've ever watched a movie in your life, you'll probably find a reference to it in John Wick Chapter Four. So, I mean, go in expecting that, and that was just a joy to uh, experience.
2: Yeah, the the weirdest reference to me was the reference to speed when they just start driving the bus through Hawaii and uh, and John Wick yells something like, we got to keep it above 50, but then like never elaborates why within the movie. That was kind of weird.
3: <laughs> yeah, and of course, during that sequence, things go awry in Hawaii and when Helena Bonham Carter um, shows up as an assassin and like tries to like kill him as he's like driving the bus
2: you might say things went hawaii nailed it
3: things went (laughs) ari oh my god
2: you really
1: like that don't you
3: (laughs) well i mean it works here because helena bonham carter played ari in that planet of the apes reimagining movie (laughs) Mm. Mm. (laughs) It, it could just double as like a term for when things go ape, you know, <laughs> oh, like like just like just add that to urbandictionary.com. dot com.
2: www.urbandictionary.com slash Rye. Slash Ari. <laughs> 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 a previous roommate was named Ari. So every time you guys say that it just really weirds me out i'm gonna be honest (laughs) oh wow okay
3: (laughs) but yeah i was surprised to see how well helena bonham carter was like fighting in the sequence like when i was watching this i thought to myself that has to be a stunt double right but like i I looked at like a trivia like afterward it turns out no that was actually her like really fighting
1: (laughs) yeah apparently she trained for you know uh, an extensive period to to use nunchucks and it was it was yeah it was pretty amazing
3: yeah and she was even wearing all orange which i like i wondered whether that was an homage to michelangelo from the teenager to ninja turtles not from the renaissance artist but you know <laughs> yeah. the, the turtle who like uses nunchucks mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. various
2: media <laughs> you mean the best ninja turtle <laughs>
3: I mean, I probably am like Mikey in some ways, but my favorite
1: is probably Raphael. I don't know which one's which. I mean, when you got four main characters with very similar personalities and the only differentiating visual, you know, difference between them is the color of their little bandana. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that says about anything, actually.
3: I mean, I can't really speak for the 80s series since... Uh, I'd only seen like the first episode of it, but the other shows, like the 2003 one, which is my favorite, and like the 2012 one, and the movies. Like the turtles, each have distinct personalities. Like Raphael's the tough guy, Leonardo's the leader who tries to be calm and collected. Donatello is the tech guy, and Mikey is like the 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 fool who he likes to like. Joke around and be
2: childish <laughs> and mm-hmm. eat pizza.
1: Mm-hmm. Hell
2: yeah! I love when your character is just you, the tech guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, hell, I, I love
2: when that's your personality. He, he probably oh. does
1: the least. Like, <laughs> I've never even watched it. I already can. I already know. I'm I'm guessing, obviously, maybe I'm not right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has a decent amount to do in the 2012 show, I think, but that that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah. Poor Tosh in Torchwood, you know? That that was her. She was just a Tosh tech point person. Oh. Yeah.
2: Hey, she got some character development by the end. <laughs> During her death.
3: <laughs> Check out Trust Doctor, spoilers. a Oops. Doctor Who podcast where they talked about Torchwood. <laughs> it's like the yeah, Agatha Christie
2: book. Death comes at the end, you know? Character development comes at the end.
3: <laughs> or like that book, John dies at the end which i actually don't remember if, if if the title is honest or not it's been a while
1: john i mean wick chapter 5 john wick dies at the end <laughs>
2: <laughs> the weirdest crossover <laughs> <laughs> although you know actually this movie had a pretty weird crossover too when they uh you know went to that recycling plant and john wick has that quip about like you know recy- reduce reuse recycle when he's uh, killing all those goons.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
3: For some reason, they were disguised as the cavity goon from Timothy the Tooth, that 90s show with the puppets.
2: <laughs> that is a deep cut that I don't even
1: get. <laughs> yeah, that one went right, right over my head. But what didn't go right over my head was just an absolute joy to see in this movie was John Wick advocating for proper battery disposal. I mean, most of the time, you know, people, people who have used batteries, whatever, out of juice, just chuck them in the trash can. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to, I I mean, I don't really know how it works, but you're supposed to call up um, or go into a, you know, a designated facility for disposing of batteries. That's what you're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, just a great public service announcement type thing in this movie where John Wick really advocates for that.
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean it's part of the whole recycle sequence, you know, the entire like entire half an hour in the third act was dedicated to all of this.
3: Mhm. Mm-hmm. I mean what's kind of weird about the recycle theme is that there are moments where they clearly recycle footage from the previous films and splice them within the action sequences and just oh, like, really. Yeah. Wow. Like, I I wasn't sure if that was, like, noticeable to you, Keon, since you haven't seen the previous movies, but...
1: No, 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 not at all. I didn't realize that at all.
3: Okay, yeah, because I was like, this looks kind of familiar, but I'm not sure. And then I looked later on that, like, they did that as an artistic choice to, like, really hit the nail on the head with the recycling theme.
2: Yeah, it's very... (laughs) It's very time as a flat circle, as well. You know, something that the Matrix messes with a lot too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with the with the sort of crossover nature of these two Keanu Reeves movies, you know, with their, their release coinciding with one another, I wonder. You know, were there any scenes or just split seconds spliced in from the Matrix? I, I mean, I, I didn't catch any. I didn't even catch the. I didn't catch the other ones either from the previous John Wick movies. So wasn't even on my radar as I w- was watching, but like I wonder like if anyone you know really picks apart this movie scene by scene frame by frame, if you'll find any
3: yeah, I mean there are those rumors flying around, and some people think it's like a conspiracy where like the filmmakers themselves made that rumor to like manipulate audiences into going and re-watching the movie to like see if they find something you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Some... <laughs>
2: It's like that conspiracy theory that Paramount intentionally released the trailer with the crappy Sonic design on and had actually <laughs> already like made the whole movie with the final design, and they just like secretly, intentionally released the bad one so that people would give them a lot of goodwill when they're like, see, we went through all this effort to change the design for you. And then wow. the final
3: product was just an okay movie
1: what if what if there was no backlash like what if people were like yeah we like this and just like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
2: what? i guess I they would be the... like well
3: <laughs> i mean i'm not like it. a sonic super fan but like when i saw that first trailer i was like yeah I-, I don't really have a problem with this like it looks fine
2: you were one of the five people who thought that
3: Right, but I also thought the Cats trailer looked fine and then when I finally watched the movie, I was like, Yeah, I was wrong. Like I didn't think it would I didn't think that like CGI looked that bad, but just seeing this movie from start to finish, it's like pretty bad. Like you have that cockroach sequence that's like I mean, I don't know, like Cats is a good movie as long as you close your eyes and only hear the music. (laughs) That's not
2: even true, but, you know, that's neither <laughs> here. I'll,
3: I'll die <laughs> on that hill that the music is great.
2: That's not specific to the movie, and there are better cast recordings of that musical that exist than the one that's in the movie, in my opinion.
3: I mean, I really like the movie's performance of that song. Um, What's it called? Haunted or Ghosts or something? Ghosts, yeah. Yeah, I, I really love that.
2: Well, to each their own opinions, you know. We can all have opinions, even if you always are wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so there's also some really weird stuff going on when like I-, I mean this movie does like more experimentation by like making the fight sequence in like anime style, you know? Like it, it really reminded me of that whole animatrix uh experiment. So I kind of wonder if maybe there is an influence there.
1: Yeah, really? I mean, it it got me wondering, actually, like, is there going to be like a compilation sort of anthology thing of like, and, and, and I don't even know what they would call it. Uh, just just a John Wick version of the Animatrix, like, and, and a Wick or something. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that sounds terrible. But like, yeah, what would you call it? Like, uh, John M.A. Yeah. John
2: M.A., wow. (laughs) What is
1: that? <laughs> I mean, like, no one would know what it was. You need the word "wick" in there somewhere.
2: Kiana May, yeah, Wickamay. <laughs> These all suck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, honest. These all like, suck. Like,
1: Wicktoons or something like that.
2: <laughs> Wicktoons, actually, that yeah. one could that was all right. Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: it almost sounds like
1: Nicktoons.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: true. <laughs> Damn <laughs> copyright. <laughs> I
2: know, yeah
1: got us again <laughs> the same like font the same logo but it's nicktoons
3: <laughs> but speaking of nicktoons it was really odd when they went up these assassins that were like using guns that shot out like green slime and orange slime so it was kind of like that slime time live type of thing
1: yeah, it was gross. I didn't really expect any sort of gross-out humor in this, but boy, was I wrong! And God, when they when they're injecting it into their veins directly, eh. yeah,
2: yeah. Didn't, didn't think there were going to be drugs in these movies. You know, didn't know that there would be drugs in these movies. But uh, you know, sometimes you can just never predict what the filmmakers are going to do. That sometimes they'll just do wild and wacky things that you can never predict.
3: Yeah, like they inject the slime into the Bowery King and it makes him like super aggressive. And so you get like a fight between him and John Wick and it's like super intense.
2: Yeah, I mean, in a way, with how invincible they've made John Wick, you really need uh, something almost supernatural to take him on.
1: And, And that's the thing, like, This is always something that I had thought about John Wick, never having watched the other ones. And that has now been confirmed for me now that I've watched this one is that like these movies have like a a sort of almost supernatural like element to them. Right. Where it's like it's it's pretty over the top and, you know, there's there's almost super power level strength, you know, or whatever. So it's interesting. I, I, I like it.
3: Yeah. And I mean, they really lean into the supernatural when the Wendigo shows up and he's he's actually played by Mass Mickelson, which is funny because, you know, he played Hannibal Lecter in the show Hannibal and Lawrence Fishburne played the head of behavioral sciences in the FBI in that show. So like they've like fought each other. Before and like in that show, the Wendigo or I guess a stag man, whatever it's called in the show is used as like a symbol for Hannibal. And so this was another like little reference to something outside of the John Lake franchise.
2: Yeah, bringing in the Wendigo was uh, another one of those twists where I was like, what? But it worked in the end, surprisingly. I'll give him that. It worked. I mean, I'm shocked I'm saying that, but. Mm-hmm.
1: Mad Mads Nicholson, or however you pronounce his name, has like a really obsessive online following, I've noticed. Like, more so than most actors. True. Maybe I'm just like not keyed into most actors. Maybe other actors do too. But I've definitely seen like the rabid online following that he has, and that's now obviously been brought into John Wick. But it's okay, you know, whatever.
3: Yeah, I I I would say that some of the enthusiasm that comes from the fanables, like some of them, have the same energy as like a huge chunk of the Sherlock fandom. I would
1: say. (laughs) Like, for better or for worse.
2: Man, fannibal's is such a, like, Whovians-esque name.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, not even good. Like, none of those names, none of those fandom names are good, but the, the like, the the bottom of, like, scraping the bottom of the trash can, like...
2: <laughs> Look, I still maintain it, Hooligans is pretty good. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, I like
1: both, but I've always
3: been against the, the term Super Hoolock. Because like people intend that to be a crossover between supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock, but the super part <laughs> makes me think of Superman first and foremost. So I think that a better name would be Sherlock Der Supernatural.
1: What does uh, what does Supernatural have to do with like Doctor Who and and Sherlock? Because I can I have see no Doctor idea. Who. No Tumblr. Mm. I but can yeah, see Doctor Who is Tumblr. Is
2: Tumblr. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, I guess if they're just all like beloved. Like, now, I can, I can see Doctor Who and Sherlock, though, because they're both created by or both Sherlock was created by Stephen Moffat and Doctor Who was obviously show ran by Stephen Moffat for like 10 years. But
2: I think oh, like it's, six, I, I think it's literally just they all became popular on Tumblr at the same time. So people were like, but what if they all crossed over?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, then you just you just turn to a AO3 for that, you know,
2: well, and I'm well, sure they did. <laughs> Well, I mean,
3: weirdly, movies have been coming out lately. I've been having lots of crossover
2: elements. Yeah, I think we can thank Avengers, the endgame, for that. (laughs) The (laughs) endgame. I'm honestly going to start calling it the endgame now, just because I know that people will get upset at that.
3: (laughs) Avengers, the Age of Ultron.
1: (laughs) Or the Infinity War. (laughs)
3: yeah or like... the ragnarok
1: what <laughs> <laughs> if you just like the iron man the the spider-man or something i don't know
3: well i mean the iron man was the original title of the iron giant book i think
1: mm, yeah gotcha. and then is...
3: they had to change it I, overseas or, or i think just in the u.s mainly because of the popularity of iron man the comic book character
2: this is all uh, very James Gunn going, well, can we just call it the Suicide Squad for the jokes? And Warner Brothers being like, well, just do it. You won't. <laughs> you don't have the balls. And James Gunn being like, watch me.
3: Yeah, it's, it's the reverse of going from the Matrix to Mafortrix.
2: <laughs> the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, they should have gone the other way, honestly. <laughs> just like Avengers the Endgame did.
3: <laughs> so with the wendigo as like a common threat uh john wick is able to kind of snap the barry king out of it and they're able to like team up against him in this like really bloody fight like there's like there's a lot of carnage in this sequence because like you got these like other assassins getting in on the action and they're pretty much fodder for this whole thing and it's like wow, they're really going all out with the violence here.
2: I mean, John Wick has never shied away from the violence. You know, let's let's be clear here. But this right. was, even for John Wick, was intense, let's say.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, even in the aftermath, like once they get away and they have a moment to breathe, like John Wick is like in the bathtub, like, you know, he's cleaning himself off, but he's also crying and he's like, I have depression from all these horrific things we've been facing lately. And it's like, yeah, I think if I faced something supernatural like that, I'd, I'd be pretty
1: messed up at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, the trauma will get to you in the end, right? Yeah. This
1: scene didn't really land for me. Probably if I'd watched the other three, I would feel more for John Wick. But just having watched this one, I was like, yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah, you really need the full impact of the additional three movies of just devastating trauma Mm -hmm. for John Wick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, I could understand that, like, I could understand that, like, so I I still kind of got it, you know, so.
3: Yeah, and so the Bowery King tries to cheer him up with some pineapple pizza, but, like, John Wick says, this is making it worse.
2: So. Yeah, mainly because the Bowery King's pineapple pizza was just weak. It wasn't true (laughs) pineapple pizza. It wasn't uh, the best pineapple pizza it could have been. And uh, for that reason, John Wick recognized that fact, and that's why he's my hero. He has very discerning tastes when it comes to pineapple and pizza.
1: Well, that wasn't, see, that wasn't my interpretation of the scene at all. I I just thought he, (laughs) you know, reviled, as any decent human being should, pineapple pizza.
2: Wow, I can't believe you just said that you should revile pineapple (laughs) pizza. That is unacceptable. That that is an unacceptable opinion.
1: Well, I thought it's the one that John Wick held. And that, you know, that to me really uh, elevated him, I guess, in my estimation. And, you know, he, he was really, I guess, at that moment, the hero that to probably everyone else in the audience, he always was because they probably saw the first three, but he wasn't to me until that moment.
3: Right, so the Bowery King says that he's figured out where more of these assassins are. Like, they have this headquarters in this pie shop that looks normal. They go there, and they end up having this sequence where there's like a 10-minute pie fight. And honestly, I feel like my brain was like dropping out of my skull during this... (laughs) Sequence, because i was like really they're going for the old pie fight gag just letting it drag out for so long like it's
1: just so overplayed you know and this has to be a direct reference to the matrix i I believe uh reloaded is the one where this happens where they go directly from that large fight sequence to uh the freeway fight sequence Mm -hmm. it's just like let it end and here it was almost the same there wasn't that much of a gap between these two fights like yeah you have the bathtub scene you have the pie shop scene but those are pretty actually short and you just you never feel taken out of the action out of the fighting and it all just comes across as as too much i feel especially with the absurdity of like the pie shop fight yeah i definitely feel you, feel you there with you like your, i mean my just enjoyment just plummeted like yeah i don't know
3: yeah i mean some of the pies were weird like he had for some reason like whatever reason there was like a mayonnaise
2: pie and a stargazy pie and it's like look at least stargazy pie actually exists which actually in a way makes it more disgusting <laughs> <laughs> um, right yeah, star-
1: <laughs> stargazy pie for all you listeners at home is a. Uh, so it's a you British
2: swine at home. <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Bits, you
1: mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Took the words right out of my savant mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stargazy pie is a British dish, a British delicacy, uh, classic. has a lot of history. It's basically, I-, I believe, it's sort of minced or sliced fish baked into a pie. But the real kicker, the real. Uh, you know, thing that makes it, that elevates it, I guess, above the rest that makes it one of the best possible pies you could eat is that it has whole fish, uh, sticking out of it. And when I say sticking out of it, you're probably imagining something that, that you are also thinking, no, I can't be right, but no, what you're imagining is correct. They're literally sticking out of it. Uh, oftentimes at right angles, perpendicular to the pie itself, <laughs> Yeah, it's not a true star
2: pie unless the sardines' heads are sticking out of the pie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, <clears> looking <throat> back, th- this was probably foreshadowing for, like, Vin Diesel's return because, you know, when we first saw him, he-, he was sticking his head out of the sand, much like the fish sticking their heads out of the pie. So... Mm-hmm.
2: That would be some really deep symbolism that I'd really, really <sighs> question the filmmakers on its inclusion. <laughs>
3: But I mean, overall, like this pie sequence, it just, well, like I've been rewatching Family Matters. Um, Some of it really has not aged well, like, to be honest. But like there's a season eight episode where like half the episode is just pie fight. And it's like, look, this show already did this in an earlier season. And it like this is worse than like the first time they did it. It's just time is on. a
2: flat circle. I'm telling you. You don't believe me.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's like that's the TV and movie making formula, right? Like if something if something gets lucky and gets popular, then you just do that until people are so sick of it that they are that they aren't willing to engage with it anymore.
2: And bring yeah, bring this episode back around to the beginning. Time is a flat circle where we were talking about how, you know, Bourne Ultimatum introduced shaky cam to the masses for action scenes. And then we got that for like 10 years. And now we're getting the John Wick ripoffs for 10 years, you know? It's,
1: yeah, the uncultured masses who who <laughs> who aren't intelligent enough. To, <laughs> to what? Understand shaky cam?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> shaky cam? More shaky spear
1: that's a that reference that was so too head. deep for me <laughs>
3: it's a reference to the, this guy who wrote some plays it's named william shakespeare like mm, I, I, I don't know if you've shake. ever heard of okay, him I, but... see.
1: I think i've heard of him before i'm not sure but yeah
2: yeah. You ever seen Shakespeare reference in the King James Bible where in the one verse, they like insert the word shake 26 words down from the start and insert the word spear 26 words up from the end. It's like, Hmm, really calls into question, like the validity of the translation.
3: <laughs> wow. I've never heard of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's well, like, how do you, I mean. Like Genesis story is like, it's just puns. Like every single sentence is like a pun. So like, how do you even translate that into other languages? It's like, you almost can't.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Genesis of the Daleks, but I I can imagine (laughs) it was
1: pretty punny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. We just uh, watched it on our Doctor Who podcast. The funniest part
2: was when Davros just committed genocide to try to save his race. Yeah, that was really funny. (laughs)
3: Came out in 1975, the same year Peter Gabriel left Genesis, the band.
2: (laughs) Luckily, as I mentioned in the show notes, we actually know exactly why Peter Gabriel left. Right.
3: But yeah, thankfully, this pie sequence has an end. And, you know, they confront like the surviving assassins and they have like this really philosophical discussion or... I guess i I'm not really sure if it's philosophical or if they're trying too hard to make it sound deep, but like what were your guys' take on on that
2: conversation? I just thought it was weird that the movie ended with all of them sitting around a table talking about their feelings, you know, ignoring the fact that they all tried to kill each other like not five minutes before. <laughs> I was fine
1: with it. I mean I thought I actually walked out of it wondering if all the John Wick movies did that. <laughs> I guess they don't.
2: No, it was a real turn in the franchise, actually. But this <laughs> is where we get what, like I mentioned earlier, setting it up for John Wick to die, all of them talking about what, you know, what do you really want to do with your life? What do we, What do you want to be known for before you die, John? And uh, as he's about to answer, smash cut to the credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Real Sopranos moment there. <laughs>
2: Real Sopranos hours here in uh, John Wick 4.
3: Well, speaking of Sopranos, what do you guys think of the music in this movie?
2: Great. Tyler Bates has never been better. He's never really been worse either. He's perfectly in <laughs> the middle of the road, but you know.
3: Yeah, it was there. It was there. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the themes didn't really... Well, like, there are some movies where I'm able to latch on to the music right away, but here it was like the music would fade in the background for me just because I was more focused on the other stuff that was going on. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have to listen to the music again, like, on its own. Maybe there's some good stuff in there.
2: The best song that's ever appeared in, like, a John Wick movie was the one in John Wick 2 that's, like, a reworking of the spring movement of the Four Seasons uh is that a concerto no it's uh i don't remember what it is but the reworking of the spring one into a techno song that's just that is just a plus work tyler it's the best thing you've ever done
3: (laughs) yeah i'll I'll have to listen to that again i guess
2: (laughs) it's uh look i'll even look up the uh the title of the piece oh it's it's presto museum battle that's the one that it's in
3: nice who says john wick is not a cultured franchise
2: uh well not us clearly
1: (laughs) not anyone who's a true connoisseur of of john wick which i now i count myself now (laughs) among those numbers which you are now yeah
3: (laughs) i mean yeah i agree that it does feel like chapter five they're probably setting up that like maybe john wick could die which i mean y- you kind of have to like do that to inject something fresh into the franchise right because up to this point he's felt like james bond like yeah like probably nothing's gonna happen to him but like maybe the fifth movie could play more with that and maybe he could die or they could just do the tower bait and switch and like he'll just survive and be invincible no matter what i don't know
2: man imagine if he dies and he has to fight god <laughs> he's been working up these movies fighting more and more powerful people and then he's like but there's only one person left who i have to fight god
3: he reprises his role as john constantine
1: and <laughs> go for the whole yeah, they go for the whole religious thing. It's like it's the fall of John Wick. That's what the movie's called, and then he, you know, he he fall, he fails, he falls, and he, you know, he teams with Satan, and they they go on their their crusade. rights itself. I mean, just hire us. You know, like <laughs> I mean, there there are lots evening. of
3: times where you guys are like, Dude, they should just hire us, and it's like, should they? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, we've had some hits. In terms of ideas, we've also had some creative takes on existing franchises, let's say. True, but the
1: majority of our ideas have not been those. The majority of our ideas have been sound, doable, workable, viable ideas that they could implement in any uh, movie, show, or just anything
2: uh yes because the rock playing the doctor but also the president but also number six (laughs) in multiple different franchises we've conceived is just a genius move
3: exactly i mean speaking of the rock i think i've told you guys about this off air but there's this show called the young rock where it's it's like the year um 2032 and the rock is like running for president and he's doing all these interviews telling stories of like His childhood and teenagehood and college years, and it's actually well cast and done really well. And weirdly, there's also this episode from the of DC's Legends of Tomorrow where they go to the year 2045, and The Rock is president then. So So it's like predicting the future, (laughs) easy. (laughs) So it's like I don't know, maybe he does one term and then takes a break, does Doctor Who and The Prisoner, and then comes back, does a second term.
2: Being a savant is easy.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I think that if they could work The Rock into Chapter 5 somehow, that could be pretty
1: cool. Yeah, I wonder what Vin Diesel would say about that. <laughs> 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 like, imagine if The Rock has a cameo or, like, actually has an important role in the next one. Yeah, like, imagine how how uh, displeased Vin Diesel would be about that. Probably very...
3: Like, they just include him, and he doesn't know about it until they end up on set together, like, the day of. <laughs> yeah.
2: Look, look, hot take. The Rock has more charisma than Vin Diesel, okay? And that's where I'm going to leave <laughs> that, okay? It's not
1: really a hot take. It's just it's just true. It's a hot it's just, take if you're Vin fact. Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. but. <laughs>
3: But anyway, unless you guys have any other like things to say, we could move into final
1: thoughts and scores.
2: I don't think I have anything else to say on the. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say.
1: No, I've I've said my piece in, in a in a movie where there was very little piece until the end. <laughs> All right,
3: so um, I guess we'll start with Keon. Uh Where are your final thoughts and score out of ten for John Wick Chapter Four Revelations?
1: Well, you know, uh, going into this, I, I was trying to keep an open mind. Obviously, not having watched the first three, that was pretty easy <laughs> to do. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I liked the action; it lived up to what I'd heard about the John Wick franchise. Um, so, you know, I, I would give it a nine out of ten if it weren't for that scene where John Wick disavows uh, pineapple pizza. It, it, but because that scene is included, because it is in the movie, I give it a ten. Uh, pineapple chunks on pizza out of 10
3: <laughs> well you've given a 10 out of 10 to both of these new Keanu movies he's not yep, disavowing
2: man. the mm-hmm. pizza he's not disavowing the concept of pineapple on pizza he's disavowing that pizza specifically I'm, <laughs>
1: look, I'm gonna write a long-ish essay on why that's not the case and then you'll see
2: this is gonna be the most divisive scene in movie history <laughs> yeah <laughs> for me personally you know i liked it a lot maybe not as much as the other movies because of the questionable you know inclusions they made in this movie but the fight scenes were unique i liked the location i'm gonna give this a solid uh hmm what rating scale should i use a solid uh, nine ak-47s out of 10.
3: wow that's higher than i was expecting from you honestly
2: (laughs) Look, every movie is a solid 10 unless it does something bad, then it's then it's a solid 9 out of 10.
3: All right, that's fair. Um yeah, I thought this movie was fun. I'm not really sure what the revelations were that the title refers to. <laughs> so so like that aspect is kind of confusing, but like I did love the cameos and like bringing the supernatural element in it was interesting. Like I don't know if that works for this franchise, but I guess we'll have to see if they do anything else with it or if it'll just be like that weird moment that happened in this one movie in the series. Uh but overall I thought it was competently made. Uh better than the second one, maybe not as good as the third and first ones. So I'm going to give this one an
2: 8.25 out of 10 dogs. Wow, two significant figures. Damn. Or would that be 3? I don't know. I'm a scientist I don't even understand sig figs, so
1: I barely understand anything you just said, so go, I mean, I... Know, rock on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's me with everything you say, Keon, so I've just been <laughs> pretending for 7 years. <laughs>
3: Eight full-grown dogs and another one that's like a puppy. So, yeah.
2: Another one that's just chopped in, in a corner. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, thanks for that image, Keon, and on that just no. show.
3: no. <laughs> Cancel it.
1: John Wick should come after
2: me. <laughs> he, might, he might as soon as we turn off the recording.
3: Yeah, there, there's actually this um, YouTube video. I think it's called Ways Thanos Could Have Been De- Beaten." Uh, Uh, yes in Avengers: the end game or it might be this one five ways to stop thanos and it like one of them it shows john wick holding up a dog and during the snap like it turns to dust and then john (laughs) wick gets really mad and so like the assumption is like oh yes john wick could stop thanos which i totally Mm -hmm. believe Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
3: uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thanks for joining me again, guys. Where can people find your stuff, if it even exists?
2: Well, thanks for thanks for having us on again, Stephen. Quite an honor. It's two movies that came out the same day. Well, you can find all of our podcasts at DecativeVegetable.com. And that includes Trust Your Doctor, Triple Play, <laughs> and Inevitable, classic sci-fi podcast, as well as our completed podcast, Zenith. The Blake 7 podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh, should I plug the social media? We're on Twitter at TYD Podcast and Facebook at Trust Your Doctor, although I'm barely ever on the Facebook. So if you really want to uh, interact with us, I'm mostly on the, uh, the Twitter there.
2: The tweet space. <laughs>
3: mm
1: hmm.
3: Nice.
2: The twit space, you might call it.
1: <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do but uh, yeah i mean just that? wanna i think they do i think i've heard I that i
2: call it that now
1: <laughs> but yeah i mean i just wanted to echo i guess what dylan said like yeah thanks again for definitely for having us on steven always a blast and always a pleasure to be on and uh mm-hmm. talk about movies like john wick uh the john wick series i guess
3: <laughs> yeah it's always fun having you guys on as for my plugs, you can find my fantasy horror comedy novel, Lemons of Grain. It's on Amazon, uh, more info at stevenshinder.com. You can email delayedreplay at delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any thoughts you want to share, maybe they'll be read on the show. And you can also find me on Star Trek Culture Um, It's in the playlist section of the Culture Slate YouTube channel. Currently on a break, but maybe I'll come back soon. So just keep an eye out. Me and my dad have recorded episodes of Yes Shit, which is a podcast (laughs) about the progressive rock band Yes. Uh, So whenever that comes out, um, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. And I mean, basically, all this stuff will be like all like share a link of it um, any of this new stuff on my Facebook page Steven schinder Storytelling and you can also find me at Steven Schindler on Instagram and Twitter so yeah and the next episode of Delayed Replay will be on Jurassic World Dominion so yeah going from one JW to another JW <laughs> wow Wow. Yeah. Um, So thanks again. And without further delay, have a good day.